0: Welcome to Safe Space with Jess Pass, a growing and flowing vibe for the soul tribe. I'm Jess Pass talking all things spirituality, personal development, life and career, reminding you and myself to show up authentically in radical self-love. It is tough stuff, but worth the work. thank you so much for joining me I can't wait to hear your story thank you thank you Jessica so for anyone who doesn't know can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do
1: totally yeah so Jessica and I met on the
0: interwebs
1: (laughs) and um yeah so my name is ayahuasca Carr, and my birth name is Sarai bondi and i am a licensed clinical social worker and in 2015 i found out about ayahuasca and i've basically taken all my understandings and knowings and trainings about trauma childhood trauma what it is to be trauma informed um because a lot of my story which you know we'll get into today um has been healing you know all of that with ayahuasca plus a lot of psychology so um so now i'm pivoting uh still still in the middle of, of pivoting um a trauma-informed uh, ayahuasca preparation and integration coach so i help people um really heal from past traumas especially childhood trauma and learn how to expand and their power you know creating careers that are totally soul aligned manifesting relationships that they feel soul aligned with you know ayahuasca merges us with our authentic self and a lot of things change as well come <laughs> to talk today after we do this this medicine so um so yeah I think that's the I'm trying to give it a short spot no
0: it's it. beautiful it's <laughs> so perfect and um for anyone who isn't um, aware what is it What does it mean to be a trauma-informed coach or a trauma-informed therapist
1: yeah so i think it means a lot of different things um i think my version of it is having a pretty deep understanding of childhood development you know what how vulnerable we are how dependent we truly are i think one of the things that we have, we just don't really understand, or even as the collective, we're still trying to understand like, you know, yeah, we're in these adult bodies, but if we have these, all these unmet childhood needs, it creates serious issues, you know, it creates serious challenges for us. So I think having a, a wealth of knowledge and understanding of like the intricacies of that are really important. Having a deep understanding of the central nervous system. And, you know, polyvagal theory, which is a theory by Dr. Stephen Porges and how trauma, you know, affects the central nervous system, which ultimately affects our perception. Um, And that's why the childhood part is so important, because of the things that were very vital in, in childhood don't get established, like trusting ourselves, feeling safe in the world, feeling like we can set boundaries and they're respected. All of that will show every which way in adulthood. Um, and like, so being, knowing how to work with these challenges in a very delicate way. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to overwhelm somebody. You can't heal overnight. You know, at least that's, that's my perspective. Like we got to titrate and like work somebody into the deep end of their subconscious mind and their body with effective tools, you know, like mindfulness and breath work to regulate the central nervous system, to be grounded and to be centered, I could go on and on and on. But so it's like, it's very like understanding trauma, knowing mm-hmm. how it functions in the body and how it affects somebody in their environment. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it means to be trauma-informed.
0: You you really explain that so beautifully, especially if people don't have, you know, an understanding of maybe like what trauma is, you know? I think totally. in, in light of COVID, one positive mm-hmm. has been that, well, one, we are all traumatized now. If you weren't before, we are now. Uh-huh. And um, it's given everyone time, right to we were forced inside. And I think that like blew open a lot of doors and walls for people in terms of exploring uh-huh. how they react and respond to what's around them based on maybe mild or, you know extreme cases of trauma in their childhood and how that's like developed their road.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think having a period of being able to go inward, Mm. which I like fully appreciated.
0: Same. I'm like, I'm so sorry for all the loss. I am so grateful though for the time. I'm
1: very sorry. Yeah. And now we have another issue going on. Speaking of collective chaos and grief uh, in in Ukraine, of course. Um, But yeah, so I, um, I think it's it's really been an opportunity and also it's it's been very fear inducing for people who it's really hit home and really close to a lot of definitely a lot of a lot of deaths and it's um it's been a lot yeah
0: this is really a um for our you know not just our generation but like the all of us living collectively right now it's really wild to think about the compounded traumas we've experienced internationally, nationally, and then like on top of our own. Um, So I think it's extra important now to really highlight every type of healing modality available to us um, in the hopes of, you know, just spreading that awareness. So again, I appreciate you coming on and talk about your story.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Jessica.
0: So can you tell, you know, I know me and you have talked about it a little bit before, but, um, what, how did you find ayahuasca or how did she find you depending on (laughs) the scenario?
1: Yeah. Um, so basically in 2015, I was going through a process where I was basically coming to terms with my own childhood trauma. There was a series of events that occurred, um, that were pretty like, uh, synchronistic that um, started to awaken me up to my childhood trauma. So I went um, I went to go work at a, a drug and alcohol facility um, as a brand, a brand spanking new, like I just got my master's in social work. So, and I got a job offer and it was like really good pay. And, and all these things, like in my mind, I was like, cool, master's, good pay, checking all the adult boxes <laughs> that I really thought you know like were what life was about right and uh i'll never forget my first day driving there like that was probably the first part of the awakening was like i just got my new car on the way to my new job with my new salary and i was like pretty i was like kind of like fuck like <laughs> i still hate myself yeah. like I'm um, and so then it was like this rude awakening of like okay, there's, someone's lying to me here. (laughs) I guess it's myself. So I I like, I was like, whoa, like, even like, because in my mind, I've been working most of my young adult life and my adult life for this, like, moment of achievement. And I could just feel the emptiness. And I was like, okay, whoa. And so I went to go work at this treatment center where, you know, they talked about family dynamics, and they show videos and, You know, they're showing things about shame resilience by Brene Brown would actually, they like had me teach that course. And as I'm like teaching it, I'm like, holy shit, I have so much shame inside of me that I didn't even know about. So I'm like, it was really weird to be in the position of like a teacher, but also waking up at the same time. So I'm like, I was like, whoa, I'm so uncomfortably connected to what I'm supposed to be teaching here. And I definitely didn't feel like I could tell anybody that. I was like, put on a face, just talk to these sixty people because there's like lectures of like sixty people, and I'm like, just make it happen. So, and then I was also, um, so I went, I went to that, and then eventually I went back to my old job as an individual therapist at the company I was working at previously, because I just thought, you know, I, in my mind, I was like, I'll be happier there. And, um, so they, you know, they took me back. Yay. And, um, I went through, so, you know, that was the first part. The second part, I went to an EMDR training. It was totally like paid by my work. They're like, Hey, all the therapists are getting trained in this. And I was like, this is voodoo magic. You guys are crazy. Like, I've always been really skeptical of everything that, like, I've learned. And I'm like, this is, this, this doesn't work. But by the end of the weekend, I was, like, bawling my eyes out. And I was just blown away by the breakthroughs. And I was like, okay, I need to, I get it. I get it. I need to go get a therapist. So I went and got my own therapist. And I started working through the shame and the emotional abandonment and the neglect. Like, just, just an idea for people. Like I grew up in a home, Why well, I would, I would call a dysfunctional home, like a lot of us. And, you know, my dad had addiction. My mom had mental health issues. My dad was addicted to gambling. My mom had like, and still does like very severe paranoid schizophrenia. So it's just like all these, all these things that are happening to, to me, this child. And, um, and I just learned in my family to just like, deal with it, push it down, suppress it. And really, my family rules was like, it doesn't matter how you feel. It matters what you do and what you're achieving. Mm. and That is the number one thing. And I don't really care about whatever else is going on. So like, I survived on that for like 27 years of my life. And then boom, it was all falling before my eyes as I'm going through this phase.
0: And that's where like, when you're teaching and you're like just put on this face and you're just going to deliver this teaching and you're not going to think about how this is connecting emotionally right now like you learned that at such an early age and that was your like boom default wow
1: yeah yeah I mean and then when I was teaching though like it was like (laughs) it was really interesting Jessica because it's like the language of trauma was finally like permeating me like it was no longer like I was like holy shit mm-hmm. like because i never had the words yeah. for what i experienced emotionally um so when i work with people that's a really big thing like you know um a lot of the people i work with now have a have a good robust language of like trauma but i would say like five you know four or five years ago like that was that was one of the first things you know educating somebody on like okay like these, did you know that emotional neglect is like uh, could lead to trauma? Do you know that, you know, someone invalidating your emotions over and over and over again is actually like ingrains you not to trust yourself and make you feel, you know, disempowered and helpless and all of these things? So, so yeah, it was really like as I'm like reading and I'm teaching, I'm like, I felt terrified, but I also felt relieved because I was like, yeah. There's a fucking word for this whole, I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And to overcome that in my life, I achieved, 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 like subconsciously, like thinking it was very subconscious until everything that I'm talking about now, it started to become like very uncomfortably, like, like, you know, my identity was crumbling, like and I was like, oh no. Um and like i think i was ready for it i was like okay cool like i was also in the position of like okay if i'm gonna be a therapist like i fucking (laughs) fucking need to figure my shit out so it was kind of like this perfect initiation like i was motivated in a lot of ways like for myself but i've always had one thing that was pretty intact which was my desire to serve humanity so regardless of whatever mumbo jumbo trauma unresolved stuff that was going on inside of me that was very much like since birth you know so I'm like okay cool
0: yep
1: if I can figure this out if I can heal myself and put myself through the wringer because I kind of knew I was in for it like after I started seeing the videos, and then I went through the EMDR, and then I started doing the EMDR with my therapist. I was like, okay, this is a lot of work, and um, so anyway, let's get to the part where ayahuasca comes in, so like six months in, you know, at this point, I was doing EMDR with my therapist, And I was going to a 12-step program that I was introduced to called Adult Children of Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Families, Mm -hmm. which has also been one of my saving graces. Um, That's where I learned about inner child and reparenting work. Um, And um, so, yeah this woman who was introduced to me um someone told me about her she's like a spiritual advisor kept telling me about this person and i was like no i don't want to go i don't i don't want it leave me alone like <laughs> stop bothering me but like by the third time that that this person like you know was like hey no you really need to go see this person like i was desperate enough and like the message kept coming so i was like okay cool like I'm at a place in therapy and my work where like, I could, I knew I could use assistance. Like I knew I could have like a catalyst. So, um, so yeah, I met with this woman. She like channeled ayahuasca and, um, yeah. Um, and I was like, cool, thanks, but no thanks. But I worked with her for six months and we learned about like hypnotherapy and reiki and spirit guides and she really became a mentor to me she was like go get trained in hypnotherapy go train in hypnotherapy go get your masters in reiki when go masters in reiki start talking to your spirit guides i was like okay like this feels weird but it also like feels like really good Mm -hmm. and uh, so i just trusted her you know, I don't. I can't tell you exactly why, but like, I just felt this very like strong connection, and then um, and then um, yeah. So I was, I one day I was like, damn, like I think I'm ready for that Iowa Wawa stuff or whatever. <laughs> and um, and I called her up, and I was like, hey, whatever that Iowa Wawa stuff is, like, let's do it. Like, I'm ready. You know, and I didn't really. I mean, I, we, we've had this talk before, Jessica. I'll just say it again though no, for us listening. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't read anything. <laughs> I didn't know anything. I knew nothing. I knew nothing. There's like so many YouTubes and podcasts now and like yeah. all this stuff. Like there was none of that back then. And this was only like, this is 2016. And um, I just, you know, we scheduled it and I showed up. And I didn't follow a diet, which I don't really recommend, but it's just like it was, it, and it was, that was the beginning of an entire, um, my whole life has shifted because of it. My whole everything, you know, how I relate to myself, how I relate to others. Um, and then, you know, I have to say, it hasn't just been the ayahuasca. There's been so many things that I, I now know, the word integration we're all learning now the word integration and like how important that is and in the beginning I didn't really know what that was but I was doing it I'd go have the ayahuasca ceremony and then I'd like go to my therapist who like had knew nothing about ayahuasca too and I'd be like are you okay (laughs) I'm like no I'm great dude but like I just had the craziest night of my life and like I would tell her about all the things I saw and felt and Um, you know, so, so yeah, that's the, um, that's the beginning. And I guess I'll, I'll stop talking if you want to like ask more specific questions. I I
0: could listen to you all day. You never have to stop. I just am like, I'm like in the, I'm so in the story. I know I've heard, I've heard parts of it before. Right. But, um, it's so wild. What you describe as like, just a trust that you could not explain and to me you know in my belief in my life i'm like oh that's spirit that's that's your intuition that's your gut that's your calling whatever you want to call it but it's like these things that we're called to and drawn to and don't have an explanation for it i'm like that's something larger than our consciousness or like waking thought right like
1: absolutely yeah and then when i was going through it um, you know, my, my spiritual mentor really opened my mind to that type of thinking, mm-hmm. like synchronicity and being connected to the universe. And, you know, so um, I guess like, um, I decided I had really nothing to lose. Like I had, I had lived life my own way. Yeah. And like relying on all these like, beliefs and programming, right? Constructs, yeah. And it, it really didn't turn out the way i thought it was going to like i i spent 27 years with that type of thinking and uh which is which is okay like i've I've worked through a lot of that but at the time i was like okay whatever this lady has like just trust her like what what is the worst that's gonna happen you know
0: i i really appreciate that honesty where you're like i tried it like I tried the formula, right? Like that's what I've I've said that to my family. I'm like I've tried the American way. It's not fucking working for me anymore. And talk therapy, I've been a, since in since I'm 12 years old, I've been talk therapy wow. on and off. Wow, wow. And um, and my family were all big therapy supporters and advocates, right? I wow. got to a point where I said to my therapist, "This is beyond talking. There's something I can't get into the subconscious by talking." And she wow, was wow. like, and she was like, you're right. So now what? And I was like, oh, shit, now what? I don't know. But wow. It just is so interesting how many of us get to a point, and it might look different for everybody, but it's the point of this isn't working. Right, right, right. Whatever it is, is not working. Were you raised mm-hmm. religiously or spiritually in any way?
1: Yeah. So, um, to to the quick answer is no. My dad <laughs> grew up in Iran under like the Shah, which was a, like a religious government, right. and very opp- very oppressive. oppressive yeah. So, um, and my mom grew up uh, I forget Catholic or Christian. Um, so when they came together to raise us, like my dad was like, "You decide what you want." Like I already been through enough pain and like crazy, you know, in yeah. my country so you don't you get to just decide whatever you want to believe you know
0: yeah that's so interesting and i think it's i yes, i think it's important for people to hear that because you know i'm so i'm so open about my spirituality and um like i talked you know i'm talking all day every day right, right, totally. all day in my head out loud it's just constant it's it to me that is my life is i'm connected totally. to divine or spirit or universe source Um, But other people, and I was raised Roman Catholic and, like, had to unwrap. When I say I was raised Roman Catholic, though, I mean, like, baptism till my master's degree. I was Catholic school, Sunday school, um, like, church every Sunday till we were confirmed. Talked about, you know, it was just, like, really Irish-Italian Catholic on Long Island. It's, like, just is what it is. Totally. Totally. Um, So that took time for me to unravel, but because I already had a spiritual basis as a child, Uh like my brief, like there is no, there is no anything. Um, It's just science and we're just going to live and die. That was such a brief stint for me because I was like, no, I've always believed in something. I just felt like the comfort of a structured religion or something, but it's important I think for people to hear like, it's not just because of my insane <laughs> upbringing. It's it's everybody, people who have, were raised Catholic or Jewish or nothing at all. Everybody has these like, whoa moments with ayahuasca, regardless of that upbringing.
1: Absolutely. Like, yes, very, very deep. I guess one more thing just to yeah. say about that really quick is... um yeah, so 12-step is very, it's a, it's a very spiritual program, right. you know. Um, and at that point, I was reading, you know, um, reading a lot about spirituality. You know, it was very, but I would have to say it was very intellectual. It was very, sure. like, it was a very a mental concept. Um, And ayahuasca gave me an experience of what it means to be a spiritual being, you know, to, to feel myself and to see myself as a spiritual being and i had never i had you know and that's that's a lot of people's experiences i had never i had never had that concept previously which was like very it's still to this day it's um something i go back to that's extremely anchored and, and basically burnt into my memory from from my ceremony that i can constantly go back to and that's actually a lot of what the science shows, you know, in terms of people um, that are healing, like clinical studies that are healing from eating disorders, or anxiety or depression, is having these like really deep spiritual experiences that shift their perspective of themselves. And that's why it's so deeply healing. And um, I really do think that ayahuasca not only gave me that, but gave me a different version of myself it gave mm. me the ability to separate me who i truly am from all the shit that happened to me you know so i was like it was like totally mind-blowing to be like oh you gotta be kidding me like everything that i believed about myself that i held in my body is actually like it's true because it happened but it's not actually who i am right which is incredible in terms of childhood trauma healing because as children, we take that on. We take that on as identities. You know, it's my fault. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. We're so vulnerable to the messages coming from our environment. Mm-hmm. And ayahuasca, I don't know how she does it. You know, I would love to read more about the science behind it but it just gives you that ability to be more mindful and separate and really heal deeply. So
0: it's so true. Really, really incredible. I um, I'm interested too. I, sh- I haven't like done a deep dive on ayahuasca in, in like a few months now, but I yeah. know when I was, I was uh, microdosing psilocybin for a year, mm. honestly, like leading, leading up to me discovering ayahuasca or being called to it. And wow in that, in that experience, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, when you are micro dosing or macrodosing, really, you are essentially doing like an express build of new neural pathways in your brain of pleasure, happiness, contentment, peace, in, in like, in like layman's terms, I'm, I'm making this very simple. So, it kind of, ca- it it balances out the other neural pathways that we have that are so clear, imagine like clear highways of like, you suck, you are too emotional, you are a burden, you are needy, like all these negative self-talk routes we have that were built and dr- driven over for 27, 30, 35 years. Um, so plant medicines build these roads and highways faster um and kind of like counteracts the bullshit that we have.
1: Uh, that's very well said. Like I can I can definitely um relate to that and like I can I've heard a lot of people, you know, like in in certain books, I guess I'm specifically thinking about this book called Listening to Ayahuasca by Rachel Harris. The studies and the the vignettes of people's reports, it talks about like less of an inner critic, so mm-hmm. that seems to really shrink, mm-hmm. you know, more self compassion, more self love, and I would, you know, um, I know we're talking about ayahuasca, but psilocybin has very been very much um, been able to do that too. So, yeah, I love I love how you said the, the highways and being able to basically be a catalyst for yeah. The good, the good
0: feelings. Yeah. Just to make, make like, make the loving voice in our head, the default going from the opposite that, totally. that in itself, even if you're like, I didn't have a spiritual anything, just shifting the default voice to me is like the life changing experience from any of these totally. medicines, you know?
1: Totally. Totally. So I think it might be, um, I think it might be helpful to, um, yeah, if I could get in a little more detail about the the more, I don't want to say challenging because I've I've actually had a traumatic experience in the medicine space, but I just want to speak to, um, yeah, a little bit of, of ayahuasca's intelligence and, and masterfulness. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why I've absolutely fallen in love with this path because, as I've grown as a therapist and someone who helps people and now transitioning into coaching. Um, I mean, my mind has just been blown over and over and over again in my own experience and also witnessing other people and group experiences. And I, I think the one thing that is a just like, just oh my god incredible about ayahuasca is the, um, the ability to I'll just put it in the science terms, like the ability to really get deep down, into the subconscious mind and the central nervous system and do the purging. And, you know, a lot of people think about the purges of throwing up, but like in terms of crying, of shaking, of having these like super deep somatic experiences that are fucking life changing, mm-hmm. you know, like the soft touch of a facilitator can just fucking like. You know, so I'll just I'll share some of my experiences that I've had, like, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've been able to cry like I've never been able to cry in these ceremonies like I didn't even know I needed to cry that that's what I love about this medicine is like, you know, our social mind, you know, bypasses a lot of these like, emotional needs, and it's all being stored in the limbic system, you know, in the SOMA. And ayahuasca fucking just blows the lid <laughs> off all that. And she's like, you know, you, you take your dose and then the perfect song comes on and you're oh just God, fucking yeah. like wailing. Yeah. And it's like, it's the best thing, yeah. right? It's like, oh my God, I didn't even know I needed this person's voice who's singing right now. And it's just like, I can remind everyone of so many different things, but like, in terms of healing the mother wound and the father wound, for example, like the child needing certain things and not getting them, you know, there's been a lot of incredible like counter transference that's happened for me in these really safe settings that I've been in. So, like I said, like the the touch of a facilitator all of a sudden, like becomes a mom I never had and being like, Holy shit. Like this is what it feels like to be taken care of like for, for hours, for fucking hours, someone totally tending to you all night. You know, so I know, I know that's not everyone's experience. But for me, like healing the certain things that are really Yeah, I'd love to hear your version of that too. But um, just Yeah, I really wanted to bring that up. It's like the healings deep. And I know, like, I'm not wailing right now and crying and you can't see all the things, you know, Um, love assigned to film me one time so you know so that's like the healing is so deep and so cathartic like i've been on all fours like screaming before i've been um i've, I've wrestled and battled with parts of myself like for a fucking hours only mm. to come to acceptance and be like oh, okay that's the answer you know so it's it's very it's the perfect playground for your subconscious mind it's wild it's so yeah. wild um anyway that's all i wanted to say about that and i would i would love to hear about your version of that because I, I know so many people could, could benefit yeah, from
0: it i mean i mean i don't even know i just uh share that sentiment where so i am also you know i was a teacher before i was in yeah. my current nine to five and and as a coach and i've been i've just always been in um codependent dynamics where i'm the care caretaker caregiver um even if that means like i'm not gonna this is a pattern i'm actively trying to break now is not sharing my feelings with friends because i'm like ah i'm not gonna burden them with this i'll work on it myself which i do think is healthy um but like I'll take it to an extreme and I'll just like not share my shit until I've got it figured out like months later and I'll, I'll allow myself to become like an emotional dump. Like I, Tyler. like I made a joke to myself the other day. I'm like, you are the Staten Island dump of emotional unloading for your people. And it's like, that. that's not cute. That's not cute in any kind of way. It's not cute on Staten Island and it's not cute here. Um, totally. But going to so like all that to be said going to this place like and being tended to in this um you don't owe me anything kind of way it like even talking about it, i get choked because i'm like how beautiful are these humans that have chosen that Yeah, and they just pour this whether it's your mother wound wound or your father wound or any other kind of relational trauma to feel someone, someone's intent, like I'm here for you, period, the duration of the night or right. week, is just right. um, that experience alone. You know, yeah. I think all of us need.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would agree. The child within and the adult within, yeah. you know, just to be taken care of, and um, yeah, totally. I, uh, I just, and I've I, had so many uh, incredible experiences of, sorry, were you saying something?
0: Oh, I just, I feel like women too, like we get caught, right? Women get caught in like, mm. what can I do? What can I, how can I help? How can I help? And um, maybe men yes. have their own way, but I just see it with a lot of women, especially people close to me. And I'm like, this is something totally. like we all can, can benefit from.
1: Totally. Totally, yeah, yeah. Having having balance with our with our nurturing limits yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, um, yeah. There's just been so many times in the medicine space where I've seen like you know female facilitators, male facilitators, and they're just like, they're just magical. They're yeah. just fucking magic. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the way they sing, whether they're American or or non American, whatever. Um that that might be just cuz everything's
0: beautiful.
1: When you when you're taking ayahuasca, but um I feel like that stays yeah, with you
0: too. I'm like
1: it, it really does. Everything's I,
0: beautiful. Every day I'm like damn, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. When you um okay, so I know like your first go meeting, you know, sitting with I, mother ayahuasca was like did you show up with an iced coffee? I feel like you had, like, yes, an iced coffee. Yes, i like- right <laughs> Um
1: drinking. Yes, I did. I, I went on a hike that morning with my good friend, and I drank a whole Fenty Starbucks. This is probably three hours before. No, I'd say four hours because we chatted for, like, an hour. So four hours before um, taking the medicine. Um, so, like, you know, not the best decision
0: (laughs) what um so how many how many times have you sat with the medicine
1: yeah so at this point i've had 50 plus experiences so um so i had about 20 i think I, i forget but about 28 experiences between 2016 up until 2021 and then when i was in peru i had about 20 ish experiences so i can't we we were we had the opportunity to drink three times a week for eight weeks so that's about 24 experiences and i, I believe i sat out you know a handful of times while mm-hmm. i was there um and then i've continued to you know sit and co-facilitate um since i've been back home so it's been very interesting um i used to take pretty large doses and I'm in a phase right now where I don't wanna say I'm not into that or, or whatever language around it, but I'm really, you know, cause I'm on the path to facilitate full space. My, my goal is to provide individual spaces, one-on-one uh, mm-hmm. experiences, therapeutic experiences, i.e. ceremonies for people who like are not ready for group experiences, you know? Cause that was pretty much me. I, could not in the beginning of my journey a group experience like would have absolutely mm-hmm. overwhelmed me I would have absolutely been ripped to shreds it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been good you know I needed someone to be I right there right. like all four six eight hours however long the journey was to do this really deep healing you know and um, so now my, my relationship with the medicine is like taking enough that I can feel her, but I'm working with her and I'm very present, you know, so it's it's been an interesting road. Um I haven't been blasted and in, in the cosmos for probably you know, when was that? May of May of 2021. So it's almost been a year that I've gone the last experience I had that was really deep was I mean i'm un- very uncomfortable like just amazing i was in the jungles of peru there was an inchworm crawling on my knee i was bawling my eyes out and i was listening to snot car manish demore and Darpan for like six mm-hmm. hours like it was amazing like i was like you know i don't know it was just what? it was so amazing
0: so so just just like come with me so i like to like really ask, ask people like Tell me, as if I've never drank ayahuasca, what is your, like, using your senses, what is your experience, what was your experience that night with ayahuasca? Was it visual? Was it sense like, your, you know, mm. skin? Was it auditory? Was it in your right. head? Like, were your clairs activated? Yeah, Just yeah. walk me through yeah, that. Yeah.
1: So, the inchworm, the inchworm ceremony, yeah, that was in the fucking daytime. So, oh, let me wow. tell you about this. So, I, like... Was so when we were in the program, we had the chance, to, we facilitated for each other. So we were like guinea pinning each other all the time. Wow. And so we got to have this ceremony um, in front of the Noya Rao tree. So in the program, Noya Rao is um, a master plant dieta that you complete. And in fact, in this specific lineage, it's like, like Noya Rao is queen, king, wow. and everything you know, ayahuasca's like beneath it, so wow. to speak, that's the best way I can explain it, yeah, so, so we were, you know, we were outdoors, um, and it was very, um, here, here's a word, it was very cinematic for me, like, mm. I've had this experience where, like, I basically had to, I thought I was getting all these downloads from the medicine. Like you got to go talk to, there's this guy in my program. You got to go talk to him. My phone broke halfway through the program. Cause my, 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 uh, my plant diet decided to take away from me. That's what happened with that. Weird shit happens in the jungle, but my phone broke randomly. It was gone. Wow. So anyway, so I had to hunt this guy down. I knew he had like the music that I was aligned with and he had these AirPods. And so I, they were singing Icaros, but I got this download to have this curated experience that was between me and Ayahuasca. Wow. So um, so it was very cinematic. Like the song would come on and I would start thinking about, "Whoa, It's okay. Yeah. Like I uh, I mean, I could still feel it. I know. It was like I could so it, emotional being able to connect with it on full body level. Like I, I did a lot of processing about my mom and my dad that day. That it's like it's kinda sad that like I never really got a got a chance to know my mom. You know, my mom's been mentally ill her entire life. So I've never really gotten to know her, if that makes sense. Like I right. know her like in this really you know, so I I was I was bawling my eyes out, but I was feeling so liberated. And so, like, the helpers were like, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fucking amazing. And I'm like, I'm just like, oh, I'm just, like, crying. And I'm, I'm like, very somatic. Like, very in my, in my body, feeling so good. Because, like, I feel really good when I'm able to be cathartic. And especially when I'm able to do it in the witness of other people. That feels really good for me. Mm-hmm. Because um, I don't feel like I need to hide myself. I don't feel ashamed. Like, I'm like this is like this is amazing and everyone's like throwing up and crying in the daytime so it's like you're not alone you know it's like it's very connected and heart centered um the trees are like breathing you see like like everything has an aura of a fucking rainbow yeah. i mean it was it was incredible jessica like and i was so proud of myself because like the iowas was like hey you're going to go you're go get the mat and you're gonna go do this and you're gonna go make a playlist and I <laughs> fucking listen to everything and every time I've done that because it's not the first time that's happened I'm always rewarded wow. you know so I'm like just fucking listen stop trying to make up your own thing you know so it's always very somatic for me very body um like I said they're the first traumatic experience I had when what when it was while I was there um But I'm all about, like, a lot of people... So that that journey was a huge confirmation of what I want to do with people. Right. Daytime, playlists, totally guided. Don't give anyone, like, a dose they can't handle. Like, a lot of things that are not traditional. In the dark, only traditional songs. Yeah. Like, giving people, like, doses you don't really know what's in the medicine. Big old
0: cups, yeah. Damn. Yeah,
1: so... It was it was amazing and that inchworm, I had never seen an inchworm in my life, like like oh. in real life. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, we're best friends, like <laughs> this inchworm and I, like we had oh. a whole relationship with Zach. I love that. So um so yeah, a lot of processing with my family and also a lot of processing about me and my partner. Like just just downloads and insights of like the things I get caught up in or the things I get angry about or the things that I get, you know, that I think are important are but actually not like none of that is important, yeah. you know. Um Yeah. Thanks for listening to all of that. It was like it was it was one of the best days of my life. Honestly, it really was. It was so amazing to because um, it took a lot of work to get to the jungle it was no easy affair for me you know everyone's different but it took a lot it took me three years to complete that you wow. know to like gather all my affairs and leave my job and
0: like yeah
1: get over there so it was like it's like oh, thank god i get a little party <laughs> <laughs> I like, we can do some healing too but thanks Thanks for making
0: it amazing. (laughs) I love you um, made me think of something when you're describing um, this curated one-to-one experience with mother ayahuasca, you know, like as it should be, really, it should be an, a personal experience. Um, and how she was giving you this guidance of like what to do to really facilitate your like healing growth and reward Yeah. just hearing you explain it. Um, like my mind was like, oh my God, this is actually a lesson for all of us to listen to our gut or or your intuition. The beauty of um, plant medicines and animal medicines is that it's mushrooms and LSD and ayahuasca are all I can speak to, right? But all of them have silenced the ego mind, the anxiety mind and made the other voice, that spirit voice really clear. Yes. And if you're able to experience that with these medicines, it's easier now to acknowledge intuition when it is speaking. Cause sometimes it's a whisper Yeah. and being like, Oh, that's my, you know, she's telling me to make a playlist. She's telling me to continue this business idea or develop this podcast or whatever it is. Like just go because look what happens. You get this like, beautiful reward and it doesn't have to be just from ingesting these medicines you know it really can be self-facilitated you know in a maybe like a less cosmo way but
1: right no I, I would say everyone listen to Jessica what she's saying you know like <laughs> um yeah like like I, I hear what you're saying it makes that that intuitive voice louder and it's something I mean I think everyone interprets it differently in the end for sure. me personally it's like it's, it's me and ayahuasca, like I'm talking to ayahuasca, ayahuasca is giving me instructions, it might be someone or something different for other people. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it has served me very well. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that's like, why I just have such a big desire to serve her well is because she's like, this plant medicine path has given me a life that I could have never dreamt of. And it just wow. continues to, it just continues to blow my mind. You know, I, I, I don't really, I mean, if you told me this, that like, you know, you, you know you're gonna, you're gonna take ayahuasca and blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> so it's just like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure you can relate, you know, like,
0: it's, it's just, it's wild. It's like, um, you go, you go in with, you know, you're open, but your brain, your thinking is like a house, right? Or a building, whatever structure. And you, when you drink this medicine, it blows out the fucking every wall, every window, every door. And you're like, oh my God, I am unable to process how much there is beyond me.
1: 100%.
0: And that's when you come back and you're like, none of the shit that I'm worrying about really matters. Or only like these three things matter or whatever.
1: No, no, right.
0: What have you felt like was your biggest maybe challenge, but I don't mean that in a negative way. Just like something you're always working on when it comes to integrating. Um, Because as you know, (laughs) I am still struggling and successful at the same time right now and i totally believe that yeah
1: <laughs> yeah no that's a good question um well okay so like some of my challenges or issues um that have manifested and shape shifted in a lot of different ways it, one of my biggest ones is perfectionism <sighs> and having a very strong inner critic And I would say outer critic, so just overall, like, having a judgmental mind. And Ayahuasca has shown me that that's, like, a big program that was fed to me that I internalized and I over-identified with, and I've tweezed that out. And um, it's also a way to protect myself. That's another, like, thing that's been revealed to me. Like, perfectionism is a protector from shame um so like it's like that i am worthy look at me it's this external uh representation of like i'm great like king sam so great Mm -hmm. and um that's been like you know um so i think that's something i'm i'm constantly i don't want to say constantly but I just know that that's like been my biggest challenge in life. is just to love myself as I am, you know, and to have compassion for myself and to be at ease with whatever is happening. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. You know, that's why um, I use the tools that I use because it keeps me grounded. It keeps me centered. It makes sense to me. You know, the things like the practicing the mindfulness, the ability to watch my thoughts and be like, Oh, that's all they are. It's just thoughts, like right. what a fucking concept where in the past I believed every fucking train that was coming through the city, <laughs> you know? And the ability just to be like, oh, look at that. Isn't that interesting? Look at my mind just like going, you know? That's totally different than being like, oh shit, oh my God, you know? And, you know, and then so in the breath work to regulate my central nervous system. So I'm like integrating this body that I've been living in.
0: Wow. That I just
1: discovered.
0: Profound. I'm,
1: you know, twenty-seven. Um and I'm integrating like what it means to be on this path. Like I, you know, I mean, I'm very I try to be very humble and be like, okay, like I'm a white girl right. who knows nothing about ayahuasca, who just happened to stumble across it. But it's like I've healed a lot of childhood trauma. And to me, it's, to me, like, it's, it's like, I, I feel for the most part, I'm still working on stuff, but I have, like, I have the ability to see I have a choice, where for most of my life, I felt helpless, disempowered, I felt stuck emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. And I don't, I don't, I can say I don't feel that way anymore. Wow. I I feel, I might feel like that sometimes. But I know my way out you know i didn't know there was a way out before i'm like i didn't know i could pop out of my thoughts i didn't know i could take a breath i didn't know i could talk to my inner child so i think these are the things like it's just a constant like using the tools and playing with my own reality and as i'm launching a, a soul aligned business that's like a whole nother fucking game
0: you no, know, let me let me now. know when you
1: got that one figured out, Jessica.
0: So <laughs> I am like every day writing a channeled message to myself, basically being like, "Don't give up," because yes. your your fear is a liar, and you know it. Yes. And I no joke, like every day for the last couple of months, and I sign the letter from spirit. Like I don't even sign it yeah. from myself because right. I'm more likely to be like, "This is true," like this is my intuition, my guidance. Like she knows what's up. She knows what's my highest good potential and what to do, but it's tough, right? It's like, we get these mental exercises. I look at them like, like, here's an opportunity to flex what you learned. Did you learn it? Are you applying it? And if not, that's okay. But like, it is always an opportunity, right?
1: Right. No, that's a great way to put it. Actually.
0: Even like today, like just like, it doesn't even have to be like big stuff. Just like uh, a little, you know, it could be a work thing or a, Text from a person or whatever, and your narratives start going. Like, well, what do they mean by that? And like, are they trying to dig me? Are they trying to sabotage? Are they trying? Like, what are they doing? And I actually made myself step out of my comfort zone today and ask someone, like, can you clarify what your intent was with this? And I was like, who the fuck am I? Who? Good job, Jessica. Because I would have just ate it and been like, they don't. They're trying to hurt me. Period. And it's like that's not. Right. That's not it. That's not it's really right. not it. But you know, we right, right. our brain puts these things together based on what yes. we what we saw and witnessed a lot of, right?
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. Good for you, Jessica.
0: I mean, it's like one one battle, thank you. One battle of a war. So we'll see. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But I mean that's that I mean like for people who are wondering or maybe they don't know or there's so many examples of integration. You know, and that is it. I would say that's like those micro moments add up and it's like being able to step back and how can I, yeah, I basically what I heard you do is you use your voice, you know, you use your voice to investigate, you know, and be like, Hey, what's going on here? You know, um, which I love, you know, I, that's such an empowering step, And so, um, I like what you mentioned too about, um, being mindful of the fear, fear, um, but not letting it engulf you. That's something I'm certainly working on stepping into a soul aligned, a soul aligned, um, like business or, or like whatever you want to call it, you yeah. know, a way to help other people while like, you know, supporting myself. It's, it's, it's a lot of work.
0: It's a, it's a life journey. And now I'm like, Oh, Brilliant. that's why they call it this. Like, and I'm sure you can probably relate. Like the, per- <laughs> the perfectionist in me Uh I've had this business for a year this month, but really thank you. But, um, she, you know, the perfectionist voice will be like, well, you could you could be XYZ or you could have da 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 and it's like these mm, mm, these mm. bubbles come up and I and it's takes active when people say like you gotta do the work, I really want to clarify every episode. Like one example of the work is when those thoughts bubble up, like you said, talking to the thought. Right, right. Like, right. like I know this is like my my shtick right now is I try talking to the voice like it's a little version of me, like a little kid, and totally. I mean, yeah. like, I know you're scared. Yes, I got us though. Like we're so exactly. good. You don't even have to be scared. Go play. Like, yeah, yeah. And that maybe that sounds crazy or woo woo to yeah. people, but I'm like, what? Maybe it is. It fucking it's working. It. I'm that's telling right. you, it's working.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that's um. You know, I'm sure you could call that a lot of things, but um, I mean that's what evidence based, science based like therapy shows, which that's the inner child and reparenting work. Back in the day we called it transactional analysis. <laughs> it's evolved into now what is, we know, internal family systems. Mm-hmm. So all of these things have given us the ability to observe the self. And to what they call in all of these theories, which is renegotiate the mental and emotional and physical patterns, Ooh. you know, so exactly so we're renegotiating the way we were parented, we're stepping into the parenting that we choose now. And we're rewriting the past while taking our power back in the present. So reach this stuff because I'm like, there's no way that I can change or anyone can change. You know if we're not relating directly back to the self yeah you know that's why you know cognitive behavioral therapy is great i think the one place where it's not so great if we're not relating it back to self if we're just thinking of like oh it's just your thoughts well it's coming from somewhere
0: like, oh i like this yeah you know
1: if we don't understand the deeper roots or we can't connect with it you know it's very like it's, it's almost dissociative, you know, but when we can relate to the inner child or the inner teenager or a memory that I actually experienced mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, well, no, duh. Like right. that totally makes sense. So it's, um, that's why I love the, the inner child in parenting work because it's like, it makes sense. It's totally empowering. Empowering. It's very validating it validates the past. It acknowledges it. It says like, yes, that did happen. And, you know, it's not happening anymore. Or, you know, it doesn't always happen that simply, but
0: you get what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. And like, I I have to give you kudos. I mean, for everything you're doing is so wonderful and beautiful. And you are a healer, you know, um, because you've, you're going in and doing it to you and showing other people how they can do it for themselves too. Right?
1: Totally.
0: Um, and something I've taken from breath work with you um yeah. has been this renegotiating and like this using your voice to talk to the voices and yeah. and um just like for people listening, it's not always like a memory comes up and like you're like, oh I'm just gonna swat it away. Sometimes mm-hmm. to me what I'm working on is I'm reacting internally to mm-hmm. people around me. Um, from a place of childhood trauma and not actually what's happening around me. And I'm saying me because I can only speak for me. Right. 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 But if you, if we all take a minute to, to think like, um, when someone like, you know, sends a text or a questionable message and you're like, what is their MO here? It's okay to ask like, Hey, can you just clarify your intention? Because now you're cutting that narrative out you're cutting the reaction out you're responding instead of reacting right Right. but on top of that internally you might still be reacting and that's okay you just totally gotta it it's it's been this whole month really literally almost to date this whole month has been me like having a feeling from an, you know, an external circumstance and me thinking, am I reacting to this or am I relating this to, you know, I'm too needy. I um, am a burden. I am too emotional. Like all of these common narratives from trauma that has nothing to do with these people and everything to do with myself and what I internalized and interpreted as a child, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh. well, hopefully you guys are taking notes on Jessica's <laughs> example here. So
0: it doesn't always, Yeah. it's not, and it's not always successful. Right. Like right. last month, I think I said this somewhere and I'm just talking every fucking where now, but, um, right. I, I like inconvenienced someone time-wise and like apologized immediately, of course, and was like, so sorry. Like you know, etc. She received it because right. she's gracious and, um, and like, whatever, we just move forward. But yeah. me internally, I'm like, how could you have done that? How could you have like fucked up the time and like, sure. um, all these old paradigms of like, you are an inconvenience. Um, basically like you're a shitty person that you did that. And it's like, totally. uh, and like, I call myself, I'm like, I'm a shitty person. Cause I, Forgot to give someone a time? Are you fucking kidding? That's crazy. Totally. And I, I gotta stop saying that's crazy. But I was like, you're. This is an exact moment of you're reacting. Totally. This person doesn't even think anything less than you. She was just like, oh, I can't because. Right, right. Whatever. Um. But I that whole day I was like, oh, this is deep, and I let myself go. Totally. Like, totally. Like, to childhood. Like when is the earliest time I can remember this? How many times has this happened? And it's a thing. Like me and my sister kind of joke like we have a time we have like time dysmorphia almost in the sense that like if someone's like can you be here at 12 it's like almost sick like we'll show up like 45 minutes early and it's like well this is excessive you don't need to be doing this sure sure and then on the flip if someone like is 45 minutes late to meeting me I'm like no big but I'm like well maybe maybe you should Maybe it, it could be, not, not a big deal, but a deal totally. to you, your time, right? Totally. Sorry, I could, like, go on. No,
1: thank you. I, I really appreciate the examples, um, really highlighting the, and I really do think this is important, like, um, that discernment of the internal experience and understanding that this is mine, this is mine to work with, And to to slow down enough, Mm. which you know, that's been a really fun journey for me. (laughs) Because I used, I mean, I used to fucking project like, 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 like a lot. I used to project a lot. You know, just not understand. Yeah. hmm. Um. Blame other people. Yeah. Judge other people. Okay. Um. Let's see. Um like basically the experience of like getting triggered and not first checking in with myself you know it's like and being like and having that knowing that like and just like at this point i'm pretty attuned to my somatic cues so when something is emerging inside of me i'm like making it pretty exaggerated it's like now i know it's a signal to look within rather than like this is a terrible feeling inside, get rid of it, which I used to do all the time through, you know, various things. But now knowing like, hmm, something's happening here. I'm not, something is happening for me. Like something doesn't feel safe. I don't trust something, you know? And uh, I think like the projecting was a way to protect myself or I thought it was, you know? But dismantling all that and like being able to, you know, use my voice. That's been the biggest thing, like, you know, to ask questions and be like, Hey, I just want to let you know that when you did this, like I felt this way. I'm not, I'm not blaming you. And like, here's, here's my boundary. Here are my boundaries around this, you know? So situations where I can take my power back, Mm. you know, I'm not feeling like I'm like in turmoil or, you know, feeling like, um, I don't have a voice here or i can't set a boundary or you know these are these are all childhood Mm -hmm. things i learned don't talk don't feel don't have a voice like children are to be seen and not heard all the things classic right yeah so um it's been a lot of kind of what you described to a t that slowing down which is that's where that mindfulness is like mindfulness has absolutely like revolutionized my life Mm -hmm. to be, to be able to have something that happens internally and be like, Oh, I can totally feel into this. Like it's okay. You know, and then to investigate it. And, um, yeah. So I think that's a big part of, um, just what you're highlighting, you know, what I've worked on and what I help my students with is like taking full responsibility for our experience, wow, you know, which is like, so empowering. And there's so much medicine in it. There really is like to slow down and be like, Hmm, what's going on for me right now. And it's like, so many, so many things are just, you know, resolved from that place. And I like what you said, it's definitely not perfect. Like, no, <laughs> no one needs to get any ideas. <laughs> like, <laughs> as, like, I'm, I'm, I'm for sure I've projected like, you know, since I've been on my healing journey. Yes, of course. But the thing is, is I can be like, hey, you know what? That wasn't cool. I'm mm-hmm. really sorry. Like I was caught up, couldn't see the forest from the trees and you didn't deserve that, you know, so.
0: And you don't crumble from that, right?
1: Right, exactly. For
0: some yeah. reason, not with every family, because I have friends who grew up in like fairly, um like less dysfunctional family dynamics. Sure. And then friends who have like, more dysfunctional family and like yeah. i i lean more and with like no shame and no i'm not resentful towards my parents like i speak about this with them and how like their parents facilitated this in them and how like totally. it is our job now is like the five of us to consciously have these conversations so that we're stopping it in its tracks you know yeah, but yeah. um but there's something we said about like people who grew up in dysfunctional families and struggling with apologizing Um, this fear of taking ownership or blame because then um, you are like a target of some type yeah um and that's just like my that's just the anecdotal you know observation on my end um but like moving out of that when you're able to be like my experience is just about me and her experience is just about her. And it actually, go. it takes the shame out of apologizing mm-hmm. and being like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't, I don't want to hurt you. Not my intention. Right, right. You know, I'll, right, right, right. I'll be mindful of like my word choice or my timing or whatever moving forward. Um, and there's freedom like in that. Cause now it's like, you're not a bad person and that person doesn't not love you now. Right. Which are like, for me anyway, you know, those were if you fuck up, you're not going to be loved. And if you Mm -hmm. admit to fault, you are a bad guy and you will not be loved.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot. Yeah. It was just kind of like listening. um, And like, yeah, the different scenarios, like not not being able to own up to what we do and like what blocks us from that or um, which it sounds like the. If we got a, like a pretty much like a threatening response when we did something, it's like, oh, well, I'm not doing that again. Like, <laughs> that didn't get me anywhere. Right. So it's like, you know, we're so vulnerable as children. Yeah. We pick up on that quickly. We're like, okay, what's going to, what's going to mess with my survival on this house? Okay, don't do that again. Right. Because it's not safe. And so we just, we learn this like, okay, it's not safe to, and you show my feelings right. or take responsibility for something I did, you know. Um, and the, the other thing I was thinking about too, as you were talking about that in dysfunctional or abusive homes is there's like a huge lack of boundaries. Oh, yeah. so mental, emotional, physical boundaries, you know, in the worst situations, sexual boundaries. So you mentioned um, like this is my experience and this is their experience Mm. and like that there's something called i'm sure you've heard of it's like things get enmeshed yeah like dad's experience is everybody's experience if dad's mad everyone's gonna be mad yeah so you know it's like learning to like you know for people who are really sensitive or empathic when they really pick up on somebody's emotions and they're and you know they start they feel like they're getting pulled out of their center that's often that, that recreation of that family dynamic. It's like, okay, if somebody was in a bad mood, then like you had to
0: like
1: be in survival and watch it. And so there's just so many things that, that go into it. But I I really liked what you said, which you highlighted, which is like, you know, whatever the trigger is, being able to have enough self-awareness to just go within. You know,
0: that's
1: there's so many answers there, you know.
0: Yeah. And it's um it's funny that we got here, but I just listened to your boundaries episode of the podcast this morning. Oh
1: yes. Oh
0: yeah. So it's just funny that this is like where we're landing the plane. But um before we go, um I just have a couple more questions for you. Sure. When it comes to um integrating your, any kind of plant medicine experience or breathwork experience, do you have like maybe two or three tips for people who are just starting out on this journey of theirs that might be useful and like they could put into practice right away?
1: Yeah, totally. So, um, I think having a way to capture the experience pretty immediately. So, um, 'Cause it's it's like whether it's ayahuasca or breath work, which is a lot more subtle, these things can get lost on us. So like having either journaling, voice recording, voice to text, mm-hmm. videotaping yourself, whatever you're in the mood for, make, making a plan, you know, knowing that okay, after you know, my ceremony tonight, I'm gonna make some time in the morning and being very intentional where I'm either gonna journal or do a voice to text so I can continue to anchor. You know the experience as the next weeks and months, you know, and I would even say years unfold. Um, I definitely think um, having a mindfulness and breathing practice is really, really key. And that is for on the whole continuum, you know, for before the the expanding experience, whatever that is, you know, ayahuasca or whatever they decide to do um, during and after you know because it's like uh i would definitely say i mean especially for ayahuasca like you you gotta breathe to navigate that space you gotta know how to breathe because things can get overwhelming or things can feel really good and you don't ever want to be in a position like where you're stuck and holding your breath and ruminating you got you want to know how to get out of those places or you can get pretty miserable um and then that's also good for, for integrating the experience as well. Um, and yeah, I think, um, what else? I think that inner child and the reparenting work, I think it applies, you know, to yeah. so many things. So I think just getting familiar with that, um, I think those would be, those would be my
0: tips. Super helpful. You know, what's so ironic is when I went to Rhythmia, they introduced us to breath work our first two nights before going into plant medicine ceremonies. And um, the irony being, it was so helpful. And and that's really what turned me on to breath work. And it's changed my life. And I'm so grateful for finding you and doing these inner child sessions. Um, Yeah. But what was funny, you know, funny, like, Cosmic comedy was the night I started to die um during my slow progression to death on ayahuasca, right? I um thought oh. just keep breathing, the universe rewards bravery. And then she took my breath. Like I felt myself go and like was mm. locked, li- you know. I'm I'm sh- I know in real life I was still breathing, but it now, but then I was totally. like, I was like, oh, this is how I die. I stop breathing here. <laughs> um yeah, wow. such a trip, but I mean, super grateful. It was like the best be- because it was the worst. It was like, ended up being the best night for me. Wow. Um, I O. where and how can people work with you? Where can yeah. they find you? What are you offering?
1: Totally. Um, Yeah, so you can uh, connect with me on Instagram under the Multidimensional Journey. And then all my offerings and my podcast, my YouTube, um, a lot of different links and that sort of thing it can be found on beacons with a B.ai backslash the multidimensional journey. Um, and currently I'm running group work Circles and I'm actually getting ready to I'm doing a pre-registration and pre-launch right now for a three month individual and group coaching container for self-empowerment and transformation for mm-hmm. anybody who is on the plant medicine and psychedelic path. Um, so if you're feeling stuck in your journey and you want support, you want to be surrounded by like-minded individuals, and you really want to get crystal crystal clear on your goals. Um, this is definitely the program for you. It's, it's the first of, of what I have done. Um, I've been doing individual coaching for quite some time, and this is the first time I'm doing a, a group component. So I'm like... I'm pretty stoked. It's, it's very cool. It's totally being guided to uh, by the by the ayahuasca. So I'm I'm uh, I'm just listening.
0: You're you doing know. so good for real.
1: Oh, thank you, Jessica. You too
0: oh thanks and thank you so much for coming i appreciate you always yeah
1: thank you yeah i'm definitely thinking um next week you might need to come over to uh (laughs) my own podcast so you can share your story
0: oh my god i would be so honored oh my god
1: yes let's
0: do it you're an angel you're an ayahuasca angel oh
1: (laughs) thank you ayahuasca
0: I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're interested in learning more about what I do or working with me, book a first time free consult at www.jessicaposilico.com or visit me on Instagram at jessicaposilico. Keep on flowing and growing, friends. Thanks.